This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Welcome to a Joycast from Joy 94.9. Visit joy.org.au to find out more about our Joycast. Well, good morning, Melbourne. It's Sunday morning and we are so happy to be with you. A lot of you are probably just getting home. <laughs> and lucky, lucky you, you're waking up to the escape hour. And this is Joy 94.9's Food and Travel Show. We're very excited to be here this morning. My name's Russ Masterton and we have got an exciting program for you. With me today as co-host is Fiona Brook. Fee, how are you? Yeah, I'm really, really good. I'm, I'm digging the early morning coffees. I'm loving them too. And uh, you and I, we're just back from the Peel Hotel and we're, we're all fired up for a bit of a session at the uh, at the Joy 94.9. I just got we? out of the shower. You're looking good though, Gaul. Thanks, darling. <laughs> Thank okay. you. Now, behind the panel today, we've got the um, the Master Blaster and his name is Stefan. Oh, How are you, my good boy? Good morning. I'm very well. Thank you. You? Have you been out all night too? Or oh, you, of um, course. Dude, I know. No we stopping might, me. We might all be in our 50s, but we've still got it, haven't we? Oh, uh, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> Do apologise. That's apologize. right. You were making assumptions yes. there, Russ. Well, I know everybody's sitting at home with bated breath to see what we're up to today. Fiona, would you like to introduce our guest? I would love to. So, you know, um, Escape Hour listeners, we often travel to far-flung countries and far-flung nations. Today, we want to fling you all into what it would be like travelling if you were low vision or partially blind or blind because today we have with us an incredible company a gentleman by the name of Buck McFarlane from the Cocky Guides who specialises in travel experiences for the low vision community. Welcome Buck. G'day Fee, how are you going this morning? Yeah, yep, really, really, really good. Looking great. Thank you. You know, I still think I've got the curlers in the hair but we're getting there. Look how, I can't believe how perky we all sound. None of us are morning people but geez, we're doing a good job with this, aren't we? <laughs> well, I think that... Um, you know, when you've got the opportunity to have good yak on the radio, yeah. I mean, it's it's a pretty fun thing to be doing at any hour. Absolutely. Now, Buck, I've got a question for you. Yeah, Russ, what is that? Feel and adventure. Now, this sounds good to me. I think you've you've obviously done a bit of homework on 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 your business model and and where your clients come from. But that whole statement about feel and adventure. Tell us all about uh, Cocky Guides. So, Cocky Guides specialise in providing. Uh, adventures for blind and low vision travellers. My 10 years of um, being in the travel industry, I've never came across a blind traveller. So if you think about it, imagine the sightseeing without the sight. Mm. Yeah, I I just, I'm not sure what I could imagine, but I think that there is, um, there is an excitement and an adventure to all travel. And I, you know, why should anyone be excluded from it? That's right, Fee. So, Cocky Guides, look, we specialise in providing sensory experiences. I don't believe there's anyone else that does it here in Australia. And uh, the sensory experiences uses all your other expense, uh, senses except for sight. That's incredible, really. That I've been in the travel industry for, for 30 years and I know within our own office, if we um, had somebody come to us and say, oh, you know, I've got a, um, a disabled father or I've got a, a, a partner who, uh, who can't see, we would um, for a long, long time have been said, oh, no, I'm sorry, we can't really help you with that. So it's very exciting that someone's actually come to the forefront of, 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 of this need in the travel industry and you've, and you've designed some amazing tours. That's right, Russ. We've... Uh, 
um, the last year we've spent uh, our year taking 300 blind and low vision travellers on day trips around Sydney and Melbourne mm. and now we've gone into sensory short breaks. Yeah, I noticed that on your website. You're taking people on two and three and five day trips to, you know, some South Australia and to the, uh, you know, the, the parts of the Blue Mountains and, all, and Mornington Peninsula in Victoria. That's right. So um, we've just recently came back from Magnetic Island. Oh, Maggie Island. So we spent five days on Magnetic Island. What's amazing about Magnetic Island is it's a community of two and a half thousand people. That's oh. right. So we try to get in amongst the community, meet the locals and uh, just experience uh, what it's like to um, enjoy a tropical paradise. Uh, well, you can certainly feel a tropical paradise, that's for sure. Absolutely. That's right. So uh, 30, 30 degrees at the moment, high humidity. Nice. So, uh, okay, I, I'm not a humidity fan, but I like the 30 degrees coming from Melbourne. We um, we have no idea down here, do we? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, plenty of time by the pool as well. So when you are taking, um, when you're in the planning for, for for these trips, obviously you need to develop really strong partner relationships with the with the venues and the destinations. Absolutely. Where where I start is my knowledge of a destination. So having travelled Australia for 10 years, leading trips. I start with destinations that have a little bit more to it than just the sites. Mm. So that's yeah. my starting point. I tend to um, rip out the sightseeing mm. and replace the sightseeing with uh, tactile experiences. Mm. Mm. Uh, Storytelling is very important. So one of the highlights of Magnetic mm. Island was uh, getting a local historian to tell us the wow. European history of Magnetic Island. Well, that's right. a good idea. But how, why, what, what drove you to, to this point to open up such a great business? So, look, there's plenty of uh, travel companies out there. Mm. Absolute. A lot of choice. So, mm. um, you just have to open up the paper or look online. Um, what I have discovered when I was leading trips, I would have people join tours that um, maybe had autism or right. might have been deaf. Uh, we've had people in wheelchairs, but I'd never met a blind or low vision traveller. Ah. Now, I'm sure there's plenty of low vision travellers, but not that they'd make me aware of. So I can't adapt what we're doing to make it an amazing experience. And that's the key to the travel industry. If you're going to survive with this era of online, you've got to specialise in an area, which is, which is exactly what you've done. So for myself, I enjoy that group social environment. And look, estimates from Guide Dogs Victoria, almost half a million Australians uh, have sight loss. Wow. Mm. So that's uh, a lot of people that, that aren't getting out and travelling, you know, there's a lot of things to deal with, particularly if it, uh, you know, you you get sight loss at a, a later stage in life. Yeah, a lot to deal with. What was so your first idea? What uh, you you sat down and you planned and you thought, okay, where where to first? So the first step, um, just we're heading up to Christmas. Mm -hmm. uh, everyone knows Vision Australia sponsors the Christmas carols down here, and uh, my first step was um, going through LinkedIn, finding uh, contacts at uh, Vision Australia and reaching out. And uh, I had a contact up in Gosford that responded and we just tried a couple of trips. Uh, feedback was fantastic and uh, continued from there. So it's interesting because so many people uh, start companies when they see a niche that mm. you know, needs to be filled. And a lot of people do start that because of personal experience. But you didn't have anybody that was blind or low vision in your family or any other experiences that you could draw upon. It was just purely the drive to provide this incredible new service. So I guess my passion is travel. So I left the financial services industry, a good thing, about 10 years ago, and uh, haven't stopped travelling. I've worked all around Australia, in Europe, and I've got a passion for travel. So 
you know, if I can share that passion, mm. there's plenty of people sharing that passion uh, with lots of people. Um, but definitely in the blind and low vision community, definitely an opportunity to, to share that passion. And, uh, you know, if you look at our reviews, absolutely fantastic. Mm. I did look at your yeah, reviews. Noticed they were really, really great. Now, you mentioned guiding. Where, where you used to be a guide. Where, whereabouts were you a guide? So I sort of was an apprentice with Oz Experience, the backpacker bus, travelling between Melbourne and Cairns. Oh, cool. So for a okay. good uh, seven years, I would just be going up and down the coast. Learning wow. how to speak Irish. Learning, <laughs> learning how to speak Irish. But I guess the key thing with that is, you know, when people have just like many of your listeners might just be getting home, having their, their coffee. Yeah. Um, you know, you've got to really engage the, the youth travellers. They've just came out of Byron Bay after, uh, you know, drinking all night. So how do you engage them immediately mm. and, and give them a fantastic experience? So I guess that's where I learnt how to... Tell a story. Definitely tell a story. <laughs> wow, I can imagine that would have been a tough learning ground. A lot of fun too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so your first... Uh, so the Cocky Guides, one of the other questions that we have for you is, where did the name come from? Well, I wish I had an amazing story for that. But uh, <laughs> so, look, I'd never met a blind traveller. Mm. I had an idea many years ago. If, if you've got some listeners that have travelled to Europe, I'm sure you've taken some suggestions from the city spy maps. Right. So, at one stage, I was looking to do something similar in Australia called Cocky Guides. Decided right. not to go ahead with that. The name just sat there. Right. Yeah. So, when I was uh, looking to launch a travel company that uh, provides sensory experiences to blind and low vision people, um, you know, there's lots of names that come to my head, but um, I wanted to make sure it was a name that engaged with the with the travellers. Yes. So I thought I'd try with Cocky Guides and try a few trips and, uh, yeah, the travellers love the name. Well, it's something that sounds very Aussie, isn't it? Definitely yeah. Aussie. Uh, it's got to have a fun larrikin yeah. uh, style to it. So it's not stuffy. The travel we do is not stuffy that you would normally get with, uh, you know, maybe if, if a support agency is taking yeah. you out for the day, yes. which they do amazing, amazing work. But we come from a... Instead of a support background, we come from a travel yeah. uh, perspective. And so. everyone deserves a bit of fun. And, oh, that's, and that's what you're trying to give people. While, while we're on um, fun and, and, and names, Buck. So, so <laughs> I was experienced. Uh, all our drivers had nicknames. So usually um, during training you would uh, do something that was quite memorable. And uh, I tried to ride the mechanical bull at Crumbit Cattle Station <laughs> uh, near Billawheela, central Queensland. And I was like a little terrier just jumping up, but getting bucked off uh, every uh, every two seconds. So I guess, uh, yeah, they went with the name Buck. Wow, that oh, is yeah. a really cute story. So how many people do you have um, that work for the Cocky Guides? So in the past year, we've have, we have about five trained trip leaders mm. that work on a contract basis. Um, and how do you go about um, how do you go about training people? Like, what do you look for? I think that we will probably be able to go into that in more depth, obviously, in the next section. Fun people, fun shows. Joy ninety four point nine. A little less straight than other radio stations. Joy ninety four point nine. You are on the Escape Hour. We are here with Buck McFarlane, who is the founder of the Cocky Guides. It is a tour company and travel guide f uh, for low vision or partial and blind uh, community. Now, Buck, I was asking you about you've got five staff uh, or five contract uh, people that work with you to, that take these tours. How do you go about choosing and training your staff? Because I can imagine they would be such a part of the goldmine of what you do. 
Absolutely. So our trip leaders are a key to what we deliver. Mm. And um, I'm very lucky I've worked for many organisations in 10 years. I've got a whole phone of trip leaders. So I identify um, who would be a good fit. And trip leader with a good fit has to really care for people. Yes. Yeah. And also care for the destination as well and be patient. That's the thing. That's the thing. And look, yeah. I mean, networking is important, but um, at least you, you, you've done that over your years in travel and you've found the right people, which is, going, is, is essential to the success of your business, right? That's right. And look, we get lots of inquiries, particularly from people from the support area. But right in this early stage, uh, we are definitely working with the, the people with travel experience and then um, bring support people uh, with the right attributes and, and passion for travel in as we grow. Now, the man with the um, the panel here has got a, a very important <laughs> question, haven't you? Now, you mentioned before the break you talked about Magnetic Island. Mm-hmm. And so I'm really interested to know how do you choose the destination? Because obviously they need to, I mean, there might be a bit, little bit of a difference between somebody with without low vision choose a destination to, to how you choose your destination. Okay. So what, do any of you guys have a favourite destination in Australia? Oh, there's so many. Oh, so I like the Grampians. Okay. Okay, so let's talk about the Grampians. If I was to do a trip to the Grampians, I'd sort of see what journey or story it told and what activities I could do in the Grampians. And right now I'd find, um, because we take small groups up to uh, one leader Mm. with six travellers, we'd actually find the Grampians quite difficult because the things we'd want to do would be a lot of the bigger bigger walks. Right. So we probably wouldn't attack it at this stage. Fair enough. Uh, what we would probably do is maybe um, head towards Adelaide, from Melbourne to Adelaide via the Great Ocean Road. Right. Oh, beautiful. Uh, we yep. would do Mates Rest. Uh, we would then stay at Port Campbell, head to uh, do a bit of a food and distillery trail on the second day, and at Mount Gambier explore the um, sinkholes. So that's uh, right. that's the way I'm looking to link our Melbourne and Adelaide trip in the future. It okay. all makes sense when you think about it. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And then, of course, you know, bringing in the food and the, and the you know, the flavours and wine tastings or um, other sort of beverages would certainly be a really important component because if you, for example, I mean, this might not happen, but imagine if you're tasting like a Pinot Noir, which is well known to sort of represent the soil of the region, for example, or the cheese. Well, talking about the region, uh, Saturday we spent the day in the Yarra Valley. Oh, I was just there yesterday. Now, you know that I don't always have to create a tour. So you've got some fantastic operators in Melbourne. Yes. uh, One that we use on what we call our Easy Rider product Mm. style or trip style. So that's where we use an existing trip that has many sensory elements and it allows our travellers to go on that trip with the support of a cocky guide but experience a scheduled day trip like any other tourist. So we did that Saturday in the Yarra Valley with Autopia. So I had six travellers, two guide dogs, Mm -hmm. and we had a fantastic day. Oh, let's try another one. Now, Stefan, you're French. Where's your favourite place in Australia to to visit? I've I've been several times. I really like Kakadu and and especially, I mean, you know, the nature around there and... Uh, or Darwin, uh, because I lived in Darwin, and so the tropical areas are really something I, I enjoy. And you talked about Magnetic Island a little bit. but So what would you do in the Northern Territory? So I don't have too much experience in the top end, probably more Central Australia and down. But Darwin, the first thing I think of is the heat mm-hmm. and the humidity for guide dogs. So guide dogs come along on the trip. Oh, Anything yeah. above 30 degrees is, gets a little bit crazy mm-hmm. for the dogs. And so you don't want the, the traveller having mm-hmm. to stress about... No. about um, their dog that supports them in a new environment. So Darwin, I would um, definitely look to the cooler times. Mm. 
mm. and uh, then there would be more access to to uh, walks and, and getting up close and touching, uh, you know, the canyon walls mm. and uh, telling the story of the, the Indigenous in that region. So um, that, that's what I'd look for. So the time of year and, and how much I could present uh, with my knowledge or, or my partners and, and, you know, product presenters. Because mm. you would imagine that, for example, if you took some people to Uluru, there is, you know, it's all about the storytelling and the dream time. And if you had local guides telling those stories, it, it would be really magical. Absolutely. So Uluru, we're going to do a special trip to Uluru next year, uh, but we will fly into Alice Springs. So mm, I think right. that it needs to have a bit of a, a road journey mm. and build up to getting to Uluru. So Alice Springs is a great place, uh, particularly if our travellers have never been there. Like everyone's, you know, heard of Alice, but let's uh, get amongst it and, um, you know, see the Royal Flying Doctors, see Mm. the School of the Air, Mm. go to the West McDonnell Ranges. Mm. It's all very interesting. So, and and, and the concept I'm absolutely loving because it comes back to, you're you're looking at um, taste, smell, feel, Mm -hmm. and all of this stuff, um, no matter where you would go in our country, obviously, um, you know, Uluru is going to smell different to Melbourne and the food's going to be different and all of that sort of stuff. So So our our very first sensory short break was up in um, the Cairns region. We stayed at Port Douglas. Right. So the first thing I normally think of when I think of Cairns as a scuba diver is getting out on the reef. Right. But beyond the reef, there's a lot to do. And we spend time in Mossman Gorge. Mm-hmm. And uh, we go and uh, we feel the plants. So oh, we'll, um, that sounds fantastic. Taste the green ants. And, uh, yeah, we'll get amongst the world's oldest living rainforest. Uh, one of the things I love about Cairns is Rusty's Market. Rusty's Market <laughs> is fantastic. I, when I first went there, I, I was like going, look at all these fruits and vegetables I've never even seen before. And that's perfect. What we do in the Daintree Village is... Uh, a lovely couple of guys at the Daintree Tea House. So we go there for lunch. Mm. They get their tropical fruits from their garden in the morning and they will actually uh, go through each of the fruits with our travellers and real tactile, you know, you've got the tactile part of touching the fruit Mm. and then the taste sensation of of trying that as well. So, you know, that's just something that's really, really simple but really powerful. That does sound incredible. I think um, I know that there, for example, there's an organisation called Open House Melbourne, which is a um, it's uh, where the uh, the homes and a lot of the big public buildings in Melbourne are open for people to go and have a look in one weekend places that are not normally open to the public. Mm. And the last couple of years, they've introduced tactile tours, which are increasingly popular so that people of low vision or or, or blind uh, can actually go on these tours. It's about touching, feeling, getting the description and the stories behind them. So beyond travel, we've even uh, got a part of the business that we call Cocky Guides Drama. So we take people to the theatre. Oh, incredible. What a great idea. Mm. That's great. I'm an old theatre queen, Buck, so, you know, I just love the idea that everybody can see a bit of, you know, musicals or some some serious um, theatre. So what? where did that idea come from? So a lot of the theatres will advertise audio description. Audio description is wearing an uh, earpiece in your ear while you have someone live giving you a description of what's happening on stage between songs and between dialogue. Oh. Fantastic. Lots of theatres do it all around Melbourne. You know what, if you go to the theatre, you buy a ticket for audio description, you'll turn up, you'll get your earpiece, uh, the lovely people at the theatre will sit you down, you'll watch the show, then you'll leave. 
Yes. So what we do is that we try to bring a group together. We'll have lunch together. Mm-hmm. We'll then have a tactile experience uh, with the set on stage. Oh, wow. We'll then see the show. And then we'll have a, a session with either an actor or, or uh, a creator to talk a little bit more in depth. And we do a lot of that with the Merigold Theatre uh, who are exceptional at it in Wollongong. Oh, fantastic. How incredible. I mean, being able Great to idea. walk on the set, I mean, that's getting an, yeah. an opportunity that most people don't get. No. So that sounds amazing. Do you have some theatres in mind that you're hoping to do this with in, in Melbourne? So what's... It's really good when we're dealing with the theatre that creates a production as well. Yeah. Uh, it gets a little bit more difficult with scheduling and, and coordination mm. when it's a theatre with lots of different things. But, yeah, we're definitely open to, uh, you know, work with people and uh, just create more of these experiences. All right. And what's the average group size of the groups back? So we uh, take one leader to six, so usually oh, four okay. to six travellers, yep. and we find that works, works best. Excellent. Such a great show. I'm really enjoying this. Joy 94.9 is on air 24 hours a day, seven days a week. But sometimes you can't always be with us when you want to. Here's the solution. Here's the solution. Listen to your favourite Joy 94.9 show anytime with our Joy podcast service. Our team of over 30 volunteers pick out the best bits from around 60 programs that Joy airs each week. Made available to you for free download. To find a podcast of your favourite Joy show, search for us in the Featured Providers section within the iTunes store. Or find them on the Joy website, joy.org.au. Joy Podcast. Any show, any show, anytime. joy.org.au. You're on Joy 94.9. This is The Escape Hour, your food and travel show. You're here with me, Russ, the lovely Fiona, and the even more gorgeous Stefan this morning. And we are here with Cocky Guides. And uh, Fiona, let's get into some more questions. Absolutely. Well, the lovely Buck has been telling us so much about the Cocky Guides and how they help low vision or partially blind uh, travellers to experience and uh, everything that we can. And in fact, in, in some ways that we may not even make the effort to experience ourselves but i appreciate all of the incredible insight you've been giving it to giving us and and helping us understand what it could be like traveling with low vision or um if you were blind what are some of the favorite places that i mean some of the experiences that you have with some of your travelers what's like give us a sense of what they what they feel and can learn um or experience or like what do they say when they've been and they've been given this great opportunity so a few that come to mind straight away mm. is um, something really simple at Magnetic Island. It was a, a trip that we recently finished, so it is, is top of mind. Um, the ability to drive a boat in Horseshoe Bay. Oh, oh, wow. oh my goodness. Just the joy that gave uh, someone that may not have driven for a very long time or ever. How fun. To mm. take control of the boat and be our skipper. That's awesome. That's so it's a, it's a pretty amazing experience. Or when we're feeding the rock wallabies at sunset and they put their hand out and touch, mm. they'll, they put their paw mm. out and touch <laughs> our traveller. Um, an amazing one is a, a, a local uh, Melbourne traveller, Jack, went uh, tandem kayaking at Byron Bay with oh, Cape God, Byron that's Kayaks. that's exciting. Wow. Yeah. And um, he could feel and hear the whale oh, very close to his kayak. 
My oh. goodness. So unbelievable. And it's funny, you know, when we all travel, it is it is hugely based on sight. Um, and a lot of us wouldn't stop to smell the roses and to listen to what's going on around us. So it must, it just must bring travel to a whole new level for, for anybody, really. It doesn't Absolute, have to be the vision impaired. Yeah. Absolutely. Look, and, and for our travellers, uh, for many, it's life-changing. They're doing mm. things that they never thought was possible. It's great stuff. And do you think that overall um, it's more in the natural environments as opposed to urban environments that you would... Uh, is that where the cocky guides travelling sort of heads? Look, I guess um, when I present a destination, it's... Uh, I've got to be passionate about that destination. Mm-hmm. Our trip leaders have to be passionate about that destination. And a lot of the travel of myself and our trip leaders is the outdoors in Australia. Mm. And, uh, yeah, we do focus on presenting um, the destinations and, and a lot of it is outdoors. Mm, I can imagine. Um, and I think that, you know, having... Um I think it would be really interesting and uh, as a great exercise to take a bunch of sighted people along on a tactile and sensory tour just to give them the opportunity to experience a, a destination in a new way. Look, and you know, we, them. we have mm. sighted companions come along and, mm. and as long as people understand that we're uh, presenting a sensory experience mm. uh, and it will be different, which is an amazing opportunity for, for anyone to mm. experience a destination uh, differently. I love the fact that the guide dogs come along as well. That's, that must be, you know, I mean, it's obviously reassuring for the vision impaired person, but it's, it's just a nice way of, of it, making them feel comfortable about going on a, a trip and doing something that they've never done before with, with, um, with their best mate. Absolutely. And, um, you know, our trip to the Yarra Valley, as I mentioned before, we had guide dogs on board. And, um, look, it's just a great opportunity um, with, you know, cocky guides and a, a group turning up to places. Uh, and we really, um, you know, really helping businesses um, understand how mm. they can help deliver service. So, Beck, what's on the wish list for, for, for future tours for your customers? So, if anyone out there knows a farm that uh-huh. would love to take our vision impaired travellers horse riding, love to hear from oh, you. How cool would that be? Yeah, Lots yeah. of requests for horse riding. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh my God, I've gone horse riding once or twice. It's just <laughs> nothing short of terrifying. Oh, I, no, I just went on a horse that bolt. <laughs> I've had that experience too. <laughs> Absolutely. And yeah. I went on one trip where we were walking through the the desert and I think I just got, my underpants got imprinted on my bum and I couldn't sit down when I got on the plane to go back to my home. It was very uncomfortable. I'm getting a visual. <laughs> so I'm so a visual don't wear under- lace <laughs> underpants when you go horse riding. It is my advice to everybody. Just some bog catches, you reckon? <laughs> just plain white undies. Fair well, they could, they don't be white, but just soft cotton. Lycra would work, wouldn't it? Oh, yes, yes. Oh, yes. With the padding, like the cyclists. Yes, that would be good. Most that, of our listeners like lycra. They do, <laughs> they do. <laughs> I am... <laughs> So going back into into some of the trips you've done, you, you said the the guide dogs uh, tag along obviously uh, with the travellers. Mm-hmm. In terms of logistics, how easy it is to organise overnight trips um, like this? Do you find people are very welcoming, or is it a bit? Look, I get a sense from my first contact uh, mm. whether um, they're going to be inviting. Look, it is a, it's the law if you provide a hotel or a, a taxi or an Uber, mm. um, you'll get you can get fined if uh, you don't provide the service. But you know what? We don't want to deal with people that don't want us there. So mm. um, it's very important that, that um, you know, a lot of time I do a site inspection, uh, have uh, a few conversations beforehand. And most of the time it's people I already know that we deal with. 
So um, very welcoming and, um, you know, that's... you know, a service excellence that we, you know, try to strive to achieve all the time. So based a lot of the people that you're working with are people that you had ongoing relationships from your previous work. Yeah, that's right. But look, we're we're making plenty of connections Mm. as well. Like, um, you know, the past 12 months, uh, we've done five sensory short breaks. Uh, Next year, we've got um, 40 departures in nine destinations. Oh, wow, good my on you. goodness. Um, so, I mean, you do a lot of stuff in New South Wales as well. Mm-hmm. Do you have an office in Sydney? So, look, it's very small operation. As I said, we've had 300 uh, travellers in the past 12 months. Mm. Uh, a lot of, you know, a lot of the, the day operators here would, would have that in a day in summer. Right, so, yes. um, so it's pretty much uh, still a very small business, um, getting lots of information out to to um, vision-impaired uh people that that may want to travel Mm. and uh, look there's people that are are watching the reviews and commenting on Facebook Mm. and um, you know it's scary it can be scary Mm. Uh, if you're learning you know just learning how to get around independently in your own environment to go somewhere new so I can understand I mean you know sometimes you're in some countries and you're just trying to I mean as a sighted person you can't even necessarily always navigate the sidewalk or the footpath sorry depending on what country you're from Um, and there's giant holes and you're like how is anyone going to get around um so you know it, it can actually be quite daunting for you know a sighted person um, I can imagine that it will only grow and grow because access and increasing people's access and um, whether it be through, um, you know, wheelchair access or relaxed performances, which they're now having uh, for, you know, people that are on the spectrum, they now have a lot of, uh, they have a relaxed performance, so mm-hmm. it's not as loud. Um, where there's no sort of clapping or singing and things like that. So they're providing many, many types of uh, organisations are providing greater access for people with um, all sorts of disabilities. So certainly it is a growing uh, area of concern because there's no reason why people should be left out. They should be... Inclusivity is a really important component of any organisation. That's right. And look, we know we're doing things right when travellers keep coming back. So, you know, if, you, if you're vision impaired, um, even slightly losing your vision and, and, you know, getting a bit concerned about getting out there, you know, come and join us for a trip, a day trip or, uh, you know, come on, come mm. on out. Mm-hmm. See the world now, differently. Did you need um, to do any training to, that you felt you needed to go ahead to, to um, be able to undertake such a, an amazing task of taking vision impaired people on, on day trips? Ten years with groups travelling. <laughs> um, yeah, look, uh, it's, yeah, I, can, I can have 24 people that are a lot more uh, difficult to manage than, uh, than maybe six vision yeah. impaired travellers. So, uh, no, I think the training, you know, you've just got to love people, love travel mm. and be patient. And, you know, you do, there, there, it's a little bit you need to learn and understand and, and, and get a concept of. Um, and, yeah, if you've got it, look, you know what? It's my travellers that tell me someone's got it. So yeah, if yeah. I've got a new trip leader, they'll come out with me. And uh, within a day, I'll just have a chat to a couple of the travellers and have they got it? And, you know. That's good. I'll get the thumbs up. One of the things that I noticed about you when you first came on here and I found really interesting, and, and, and it's not the norm, is that you would, be, you would use... Um, uh, my name and Fiona's name, and obviously, um, when you're with a uh, group of vision impaired people, you can't just point to somebody and say, "Hey, 
Um, so it, that's something that I noticed about you instantly, that you've... OK, so you know that, that it's important to use someone's name. Yeah, but look, on, on any tour, that's a, you know, when we were out at the Yarra Valley on Saturday, mm. um, we had Peter driving. He knew everyone's name by yeah. lunchtime. So right. it's very important in the industry if you, you know, want people to walk away with an experience and, and feel they were important. Mm. So, so I guess it's the training ground um, I had... Yeah, and you're and you're well. right. I mean, within with any service industry, you know, if you know someone's name and 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 you can relate and you can keep using that person's name, God, they feel special. That's by right. the Absolutely. End of it. And you know what? I think if I had training and came from a support background, I'd probably make it just a little bit too safe and boring. Right. <laughs> yeah. True. That's true. And, and that's yeah, the feedback yeah. we get. So it's yeah. definitely safe. It's definitely supported. Yeah. But uh, you know, we empower the independence of the the traveller to do what they want to do. Have you got any fuzzy people. fuzzy feel good stories for us? Oh, the whale was a pretty big one. Yeah, yeah, no, the oh, whale was a great one, wasn't and it? And so he felt the whale, or no? Well, no? he could he could hear the whale go underneath. Now Gosh. the good thing is is that Jack uh, was with the uh, guide. Mm. at uh. Cape Byron uh, kayak. So uh, definitely he knows how to get in the right position. Yes. Uh, without, um, you know, within regulation. And, um, yeah, definitely, um, you know, Jack could feel it. And it's a good thing because they have a, uh, well, definitely got a dolphin guarantee. Mm. Uh, if you don't see a dolphin, you get to go again. So it's important that uh, he definitely uh, got a sense that the... Uh, I think that the idea yeah, of having right. having a, a little rock wallaby put his paw in my oh, hand. So cute. Oh yeah. my god! And feeling <laughs> that would be so good. And, and that we, we, you can't, you know, they're 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 wild animals, so you can't, you know, that's something the animals decided to do as well. Yeah. So. Now so we would have you plenty. Can't of, sorry, sorry, you go. You can't guarantee the rock wallaby. You can't plan no. that. You <laughs> can't guarantee <laughs> it. If it doesn't wallaby. happen the first time, come again on another trip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm uh, just. I'm interested. Um, so they're very short. Uh, very small groups you yeah. take. Mm -hmm. Do you have one or a couple of guides with you? Just Or how many guides do you have for the... So the I'll group? take one in six. One in six. One in six. Uh, now, depending on, on people's needs, mm -hmm. some people might want a sighted guide so they can uh, pay extra. So, look, it's whatever support that the traveller is after, we can cater for. And people can come with their relatives or partners if they're... Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. Absolutely, but we've got to make sure they don't make it too safe for them, that's all. Ah, so right. we've got to make so sure it's, it's got that, uh, yeah, that, that, yeah. that fun and independence to it as well. Yeah, now, we're a radio station and obviously there'll be some um, sight-impaired people listening this morning. Um, how do they find out about you? Well, uh, use your technology and uh, go to cockyguides.com.au uh, or call me direct, 0403 827 666. And that number again was? 0403 827 666. So, uh, you know, if I'm out and about, and uh, go to Bank, but we always get back to you. But uh, online has, has plenty of information, ways of booking, upcoming trips, and, uh, yeah, you can sign up for a newsletter as well. Awesome. Yeah. It's it does. Sounds amazing. So when you're on holidays, where do you like to go, Buck? Well, it's, uh probably gives you a sense of choosing natural destinations. Mm. I like to just go to the beach, usually in the south coast uh, between Sydney and Melbourne, and uh, just camp. Just mm. love it hearing the, the crashing waves and, and the birds. Uh, just, yeah, that's what I do when, in my spare time. 
Now, do you have a favourite? I mean, the south coast of New South Wales, you've got, you know, the wonderful um, uh, below Eden, you've got there's a... Marimbula. Marimbula, and there's some beautiful areas around there. Tell us, have you got a secret beach with a camping ground? So just north of of Batemans Bay is really good, so uh, don't mind around that Merry Beach and right. Pretty Beach area. Is that near Pebbly Beach and yes. Depot Beach? Yes. I've been there. Yes. <laughs> so don't don't let the word out, though. No, I know. It is actually quite blissful. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Um, and what about internationally? Like do, when, you get a, when you get on a plane and head out of town? Yeah, so my next trip is to LA. So I'm trying to get contacts in LA to bring vision-impaired travellers out to do some of our trips. Our short breaks go for about four to five days, but six of them link together. So you can oh, have good. a you know two to three week experience. So I'm looking to see if there's organisations in uh, the West Coast, USA, to um, you know potentially come and try some trips. See, Buck, you are a very clever young man. You've got it all happening out there, and the Americans are going to love it. Absolutely. You're listening to a Joycast from GLBTIQ Community Radio Station Joy ninety four point nine. You're listening to the Escape Hour on Joy ninety four nine, and our guest today has been a Buck from Cocky Guides. Well, um, that's that's all been fantastic and uh, really fascinating, and I hope that our listeners have uh, got something out of that because we've certainly learned a lot. And I think if anything, maybe when you go away over the weekend or when you get out of bed this morning, maybe you can try something with your eyes closed and right. just have a feel around and get a sense of of seeing things in a different way. Buck, what's your website? Cockyguides.com.au And we do ask one question of all of our guests before we finish up. I do, we still do that? We yes? still do yeah, that. Right. Yep, yep. All right, Stefan, what's oh. the question? <laughs> So, do you, do you fold or do you roll? Scrunch. Oh, so nice. scrunch. Okay. We've never had a scruncher. We're, we're talking about packing a case or oh, packing okay. a bag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, so it's, uh, yeah, no, definitely scrunched in there. It's all, usually when I, when I go on a trip, it'll be packed nice and neatly. But usually, um, yeah, I'm the one rushing out to get the coffee packing up to meet everyone nice and early. So, yeah, it's all just chucked in and uh, scrunched up. Fantastic. Awesome, Buck. Buck, we really appreciate you coming in and taking some time out on your Sunday morning. And uh, look, ha- have a, a fantastic rest of your weekend. Thanks for your time. Thank you. Thanks for listening to a Joycast from Joy 94.9. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.